This episode of The Full Nerd is sponsored by ASUS. On December 3rd, the company will be hosting PC DIY Day, a celebration of all things PC building and modding. The festivities kick off at 11 a.m. Pacific Time at ASUS's headquarters in Fremont, California, with guest appearances by GGF Events, Hippiotech, and even PC World's own Adam Patrick Murray. Hey, click on the link in the description to pick up your tickets for this event or tune in into the live stream. In this episode of The Full Nerd, we talk PC gaming graphical technologies and hardware myths. No mess ups. There you go. That was awesome. Welcome, everybody, to episode 280 of the Full Nerd, PC World's premier podcast about PC hardware. I am your fill-in host, Adam Patrick Murray, and today I am joined by some very special guests. Uh, first up, you know him. He's been on the show before. Brad Shoemaker from Nextlander fame. Hello, Brad. Hello. Hello. Uh, and we we will get to at some point a, a he's he's running off a new PC, but we'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, oh, yeah. j- joining us for the first time is uh, Alex Batalia from Digital Foundry. Hello, Alex. Yes, thank you for uh, having me on the show. First time here. Uh, hopefully. One of many times. Yeah, one of many times. I, I hope so. And and thank you for tuning in late. I know you're you're coming to us live from Germany. So yeah, uh, a little, little later for you. A little bit like eight p.m. here. Yeah. So if you, you <laughs> just want to munch on some dinner, you know, go, go ahead. We're, we're we're just chill here. Uh, and then control. I've got my sparkling water. Oh, I was perfect. gonna say I've got my sparkling water. So I'm good. Nice, nice. Uh, controlling the verticals and horizontals is Willis Lai. Hello, Willis. Hello, everyone. Hello, welcome, welcome. Speaking of dinner, I might get some schnitzels later. Ooh, yeah, we should. We actually <laughs> do have a couple uh, pretty decent German restaurants here in the Bay. Yeah. Uh, you know, nothing like the nothing like in Germany, but you know, pretty old, decent. Is it like good old, is it like good Southern Bavarian food, or is it? Like, I think uh, it's like, like schnitzel. Like, Good, good old like a, yeah, uh, soup and cuca is probably the most popular one I know of. Yes, that, yeah, that one in the city. That oh, I that's know. in the city. Yeah, yeah, I've never been to that one. Uh, East Bay has a couple ones that I'm thinking of. Any, anyway, we're not here to talk about German food, but though we can't, I mean, we <laughs> I will mean, talk I, about I would, food. I would later. just yeah. talk about German food. <laughs> food. Uh, how many frames that per new second? Topic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll shout it in there. Uh, uh, but no, uh, Alex, since this is your first time on the show, I, I do want to get uh, a quick history lesson of who is Alex. Uh, and, sure. and what you do over at Digital Foundry. For those who might not know, you should know. You should know, but just in case you don't. Oh, that's okay. Um, yeah, my name is Alex Batalia, and I started working at Digital Foundry around, it has to have been 2018, so that would be five years ago now. Hmm. Um, before then, I didn't actually uh, do anything with technical things in video games at all. I was just com- pure, purely a hobbyist, like a lot of people here most likely started as too. And um, I got a really nice DM back then on what was NeoGAF. Yeah, it had to have been NeoGAF, (laughs) pre-reset era, uh, uh, from my colleague John Linneman asking like, hey, we're looking for someone to do PC work for us. Uh, Would you want to get on? And so I got made a little test video. uh, Very embarrassing. You can find it on the channel. It was for Arma 3. Um, And um, got hired up, met with Richard, got a bunch of hardware, Beforehand, like I said, just did it hobbyist-wise. I actually studied uh, political science mm. and uh, German language and all these other things. Um, so I am not at all what you would consider like a learned expert. I'm just a hobbyist like you. So 
Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and, I, I still think you're, you're, especially when it comes to this stuff, I'm like, uh, who can I call up who's way smarter than I am? <laughs> oh, okay. Alex is one of the first people that I thought of. That's very kind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. But like, like, like all the hobbyist stuff, like I just read the papers that developers put out there and watch the conferences and, uh, you know, I'm just really interested in those things. And I've kind of ever been interested in it since probably like, I would say around the time of like, halo one and doom three coming out Mm. like those games like totally blew my mind away what you could do like in a game in terms of like visuals in terms of just anything and ever since then and then crisis came out after that i've always kind of wanted to know how things tick that Mm. do real-time graphics so as a hobbyist, I just looked it up, and yeah, you can find information all out there on the interwebs. <laughs> I love it, and uh, you know, I will say one of the things I love about Digital Foundry is that uh, obviously your passion for the subject comes through, uh, but e- mm-hmm. everyone on the team has their own passions as well. So it kind of like yeah. gloms together to be this holistic yeah. approach. Uh, <laughs> I, I do really like that. So, wh- what do you? What would you call your role in Digital Foundry uh, compared yeah. to everybody else? Well, I would say I'm definitely the uh, uh, PC software person. Uh, Like other people look at PC, like Will and Rich 100% look at PC, mainly from the hardware review perspective. And for me, it's looking at where the hardware is actually interfacing with the software and it's in a game itself. And it's then by actually playing the game, which is something that I think DF does differently than other people. Like I'm the PC specialist, but it's not like um, this is not a slight. It's just saying like, like what DF does is usually very particular because we play a game through as far as we can on a variety of hardware. And then we try and give out a synopsis about what you should expect when you're going to play that game. And that is something uh, some other outlets do it uh, in a text-based version, like uh, uh, Computerbase does their uh, German website though. Um, PCGH, also another German website does it occasionally too. Um, But like, Guru 3D used to do it back in the day, which is an English speaking website. But basically, like I try and get you to understand like how will this game run on your PC? And I give out recommended settings and I also talk about the technology behind the game. And so it's I, a lot of stuff all together. I love it. And yeah. y- you also do it in an easy to di- digest way, especially for the layman like myself. So <laughs> I dig it. And, <laughs> Thank and, you. And Brad and I were talking earlier too. Like uh, there's been plenty of times where I'm like, okay, well, this new game's come out i'm gonna wait for alex's recommended settings to land on youtube at some point before i uh really dig into it yeah yeah if, I, if, oh sorry Go ahead. no please but Go ahead, if, if i may i also kind of think of you as sort of a, an advocate for advanced rendering technologies uh if that makes sense thank like you I, like i you know i i a lot of your explainers about different types of ray tracing techniques and stuff like that i found incredibly instructive just because we are moving into kind of new paradigms in some ways mm-hmm. and to just see it very clearly illustrated like here's the old way here's the new way here's mm-hmm. why it matters like i i really appreciate that kind of work well speak, <laughs> speaking of advanced rendering technologies let's, let's get to our first topic uh, and the first question i have here is uh, how much has nvidia paid you to push rt i'm just kidding no, that, that was a joke uh, sorry um not as much as they should yeah i mean come on no. jensen you, i don't have a sick leather jacket like <laughs> I just got like this kind of one I found on the street. Pretty uh, still can look into, uh, but no, for, for for real. I mean, obviously, ray tracing, path tracing. The, these these yeah. are, are are the the new things of the future. You know, um, 
uh, Nvidia has done a lot to try to educate and push, uh, you know, and and get people to understand why, uh, you know, and and you do those really nice breakdowns of like, okay, here's visually how it looks, and and for me, like, I'm able, I I mean, I'm a visual person because my background is in in video and photography, mm-hmm. uh, so so I do appreciate those kind of things. Uh, and able to look at it and be like, oh, okay, huh, that's interesting. I, and I don't always remember like the name of it, but I'm like, okay, well, when a, an object is sitting on the floor and it's not, it doesn't look like it's connected to the floor. Ambient occlusion, I think, is that the right? Uh, yeah, yeah, things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to look and be like, oh, that doesn't feel right. But then when it does feel right, <laughs> it's just like, oh wow, this feels this feels really cool. Uh, I I think the 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 first way I want to kind of kick this off is is like. I guess there's a the couple part, parts, but there there's always this pushback of people being like, "Hey, eh, you know what? I don't I don't really see it. I just like traditional uh, rasterization." Uh, but then yeah. there's there's people like me, and and I, I would would assume the the uh, you too as well are like, "Oh wow, this is this is cool. This is something that you know a, a new frontier, and, and we're kind of pushing." Like, and I would imagine it's kind of hard for developers to be like, "Okay, well, you know, how, how do we push mm-hmm. both? Do, do do we do you feel like?" developers are are, are actually uh, kind of taking this serious and this is the future uh, of game development is, is like real-time retracing path tracing things like that uh yeah i would definitely say that's really i mean it's gonna depend on your developer obviously um in the large AAA space i would say this is definitely 100 the future right now and they're gonna do a lot to push it and they have doing a lot to push it but if you look at like smaller double a to indie games Obviously, the hardcore push for realism is less applicable there. Also, I mean, there's other benefits to things like ray tracing, which are still applicable to the indie AA space, et cetera, too. But it's really in the the AAA space. And definitely for there, I think so. Um, There's just very large visual dividends that I try and talk about in my video for very specific things. Uh, Like one, one reason why... I think a lot of people um, are usually like, oh, but graphics always look pretty good. And I'm going to agree with them. I'm going to say, yeah, they do. They like look at a game like The Last of Us Part Two, and they're always like, yeah, but your fancy ray tracing game doesn't look like The Last of Us Part Two." And I think one thing that a lot of people tend to forget about games is that they're highly interactive. And the techniques of the past did actually not allow for interactivity in our game worlds to the same extent because lighting was all very, very, very static. Mm. They wouldn't allow you to move the world around. They wouldn't allow you to break it apart. And they wouldn't allow things like the time of day to change, uh, which is all things you expect from real life. And also maybe from for some fun simulation. And ray tracing is one of those things that un- enables that. And I think developers for a long time after the previous console generation were really chomping at the bit to do that because they'd, they'd really, like those last gen consoles were really slow and there's only so much they could do with them. So games after a certain amount of time, like, you go go back to 2010-ish and then go back, you know, to games that came out right before PS5. In terms of, like, what they're doing, it's not so, you know, it's not too different. They're not so much more interactive than they were 10 years ago. And I think now with things like ray tracing and bit better CPUs and consoles, people are starting to see it more come along. And developers really, really want this because, like, it's been, like, 10 years since they've been able to do anything really, really cool for a while now. So... Yes, developers definitely want things like ray tracing. Okay, uh, that that was my next question because yeah, I, f- I feel like I, I hear a lot of conflicting things, and obviously the the user base is kind of split between ah, I just like rasterization and, and high frame rates, and then the people who like the the bells and whistles, and which obviously is uh, more <laughs> computationally intensive. Um, but for developers, I, I feel like I have heard that it does make their life easier, right? I mean, mm-hmm. d- yeah. would would you say that across the board, or is that just a generalization? 
Oh, I mean, uh, I, I can't speak for everyone, hmm. but the developers I've talked to that, um, obviously there's, there's like two parts to this where like, uh, getting it running and performant in, in the first place is a challenge in its own. So that's a lot of development time and effort right there. Uh, Epic's going through it right now with Unreal Engine 5, where they debuted Unreal Engine 5 three years ago. And the first games that are coming out onto it, on it, on consoles specifically, on PC, it's okay. I mean, there's issues there that we can talk about later in the show, maybe, but like they're still iterating on Unreal Engine 5 and they showed it off for the first time three years ago. It tells you how long these AAA development times are. And then um, but basically I've heard from other developers that have spent the time to optimize it and get it running well for them. For example, I had a great interaction with 4A games before they brought out uh, Metro X's Enhanced Edition. And they gave me a bunch of great behind the scenes information and material to show how much it simplified their life in their game. Like they would mm-hmm. manually set up a bunch of lights and artists tweak it over like hours of time. And then if they change some of the level geometry, they would have to maybe redo some of those things. It's just like constant iteration. Well, with Ray Trace Global Illumination, which they added in, they just flick on a switch in the editor, which is on by default now, of course, and it just relights the world for them. They don't have to do anything about it. And I think that's the power of it. Um, obviously, there's a computational cost and an optimization cost of time they have to invest there, but they really want it because it allows for rapid iteration times, which things tech of the past just did not have it like at all. I've I've seen some pretty similar excitement from some developers, just just that that potential to simplify some production pipelines, and and on top of the real time quality is also just working with one unified lighting model instead of juggling you know eight different ways of mm. doing static <laughs> yeah. versus versus you know mobile lights and shadowing and reflections and everything. But for the time being, though, you're still going to have to do both, right? Like you still have to obviously have a rasterized renderer at the same time for X number of years. Like that's actually. I kind of came in here wanting to like self-indulgently ask Alex this question. It's mm-hmm. kind of a thought experiment Please. I like to run occasionally. How many years away do you think we are from a game shipping with only a ray trace renderer? Like if that ever uh, happens, like a decade, 15 years. I mean, is that it? Are we ever going to uh, where like the hardware is the install base is such that that's the only way of doing things. So I think for, if we're talking about hardware ray tracing, it's going to be probably in one to two years actually um because there's just there's just a lot of developers that are going to be making games for next gen these current gen consoles and they'll have only developed something with those in mind and they're going to say we already kind of saw that with alan mc2 where they just out into the blue there was just like a random post by leia on twitter one of their engineers saying like actually we really only support mesh shading <laughs> and there was like a big freak out online like oh my god yeah. i brought an R- i bought an rx 5000 series card not too long ago my gtx 1080 um and there was you know some ringing of the hands about that um and that's already kind of happened a little bit uh so for hardware rt i do think it's like one to two years from when we saw the first titles but like it's gonna still be a long time like even when dx9 came out there was like a period like dx9 is like 2002 i want to say and then you could still see games that supported like dx8 up until like 2005 so like it was faster back then but it's still there's still this like time period where people don't need it but if you're not using hardware RT, technically every single Unreal Engine 5 game that comes out in the like foreseeable future is requiring ray tracing, but it's just going to maybe do it in software depending upon the hardware you have. Mm. So I don't know. It's like it's sort of not the best answer to your question, but yes. 
<laughs> well, because I, I mean, there there are different levels of ray trace. Like you know, I've I've seen like you know console people being like, oh, I've got ray tracing in my console, but I'm good. And they're like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. it's not quite the same as what you can get on PC. But I mean, technically, yeah. yes. So you know, yeah. like uh, you know, and well, then- actually, yeah. I mean, I, I think Spider-Man Two is actually a pretty good example of what Alex is talking about because if I'm not mistaken, there is there is no visual mode in Spider-Man Two that does not utilize at least basic ray trace reflections. So like. Mm-hmm. You assume it's if if and when it comes to PC, it'll, that'll probably still be the case there. That's what I would assume too, and I think that's just like I, th- I remember John did an interview with one of uh, Mike Fitzgerald, who's their technical director, and I, if I recall in the interview, he said they cut out the the path that didn't use RT like one year before they shipped the game, uh, like and like you were just saying, Brad, like the reason why is because they didn't have to consider like oh how many. Like, is does this scene look good without ray tracing on? And they have to like maybe budge a um a Q map into a different location or place more of them and have the artist spend the time doing that, or flick a switch and have the reflections look way better than they ever could have looked before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think when as more of those games come along, as and especially console ports to PC, which kind of force the issue, they force the issue <laughs> always, then I think we're gonna see more and more of it in the next one to two years. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the hard part, right? Is that with console generations it's kind of easy to be like oh well you know you don't got the new console with the new features so either you're not going to get the game on your old console or you're going to get it at a some sort of diminished result for for computer hardware i mean it's coming out it's iterating faster you know it's kind of moving around uh and so yeah people who are like well i've been fine playing on my 1080 ti for for years uh but all of a sudden yeah. now i have something that that is just kind of not usable uh regardless if you want to use ray tracing or not like it there's no clear yeah. delineation between well you know you got the old thing you're like well my old thing still works in almost everything else except this so it's kind of harder to to gauge right yeah it it is but i also think that's generational um I mean, you are, you all are a little bit older like I am now. And in like the late nineties and in the early two thousands, even in the mid two thousands, like you could get a GPU back then. And like three years later, you would be having a really hard time to run some games and, or they wouldn't even boot like Alex, Alex, the, the internet does not remember <laughs> yeah, back in the day. No, it really does not. I mean, like Doom 3 is the classic example, right? It's like you don't have a GPU that does pixel shaders. You're not playing Doom 3, right? Yeah, like, yeah you really are. No, it's like the entire purpose of the game is pixel shaders. Right. So like, yeah, it's it's awesome. I love that stuff. That's the stuff that super excited me back then. I was fine if my... The first time I played Crisis, one of my favorite games, like... uh First time I played it was on a car that barely supported it. It was like 15 FPS at 800 by 600 with none of the cool graphics. 15 FPS? Oh my God. How'd you even play that? I mean, you you just took the sacrifice back then. You just (laughs) had to live with it. Yeah, it, it feels yeah. like yeah. T- today, people are not willing to take that sacrifice as much. I'm, I'm yeah, not exactly I, why. But, I, it you know. seems like it's just going to take a kind of process of recalibrating expectations coming out of like the, the PS4, Xbox One generation was just kind of this anomaly of it went way longer than normal. Oh my and gosh! There was, yeah. And there was this three like three year overlap period into the new console where they were still making cross gen games, right? And right, PC, PC gamers benefited from that for for the moment in the short term. But now that we're finally making that transition, like it's kind of a harsh wake up call that like, hey, this this hardware got you through a lot more years than it would have in the past. But that's that's over now. That's changing as, as we mm-hmm. transition. 
Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm either either way. I, I'm excited about it. You know, like I I think these these technologies are, are are super fun to look at. I think it's just a matter of like, okay, well, what kind of hardware do you have? You know, how how do you get the the right balance of settings too? You know, obviously that's something that that you do on the channel a lot is to to look at the settings, show you know like, oh, okay, you know what, you can bump this down to medium and it's still actually pretty good, but you're you're getting a big performance impact. I, the, a lot of that is just new to people, right? You know, if yeah. like, oh, you go in there, you know, in a, a traditional rasterized game and you bump down the shadow quality, you're probably going to get some good, you know, performance uptick, things like that. But the, the ray tracing settings for me, at least, uh, you know, sometimes have been like, I don't necessarily know what this does, uh, but <laughs> <sighs> that that's a bit of a communication issue, I think, uh, not for me, but a little bit in the menus themselves. And uh, this is something I always try and talk I, at the beginning of the year. I made a video called like the 13 not commandments but it was originally like a it was really supposed to be a, like a really ranty and hatey video but in the middle of the process i like toned it down a bit and it was it's like 13 things to make your pc port better mm. and one of those things was like informing the user when they get into the menu with pictures video and descriptions and maybe even more about what the settings even do because if you come especially in the newer games they're talking about ray tracing like you may not even know what the word global illumination means. <laughs> like, like I don't know. Like, I don't think it's just a word anyone should understand intuitively. Um, so you need to have like a picture or a video or just have the, the game uh, menu fade out and you can see the world rendering in the background and you can see what it does like physically before you when you flip it on and off or change the quality, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So those are things that I think I... I I also talk a lot about on the channel because I think good setting menu are... They make your life easier on PC... And they can also be a little bit of a fun game in their own right for people who like graphics and they want to figure out how things work. It's like uh, PC is just like this, like this huge sandbox and uh, giving people access to that sandbox, even in game itself through the menu is just like another plus. I think yeah. it's great. Mm-hmm. Kind of a corollary to what you're talking about is that I feel like the GPU makers could be doing more to put out stuff, that, like interactive stuff that educates people. Uh, you know, like I'm oh, yeah. dating myself here again, but going all the way back to like the, like, you know, when hardware TNL first happened and NVIDIA was putting out like the fairy lights in the forest tech demos. You know, they used to put out, <laughs> they put out new interactive tech demos with like every generation of GPU back then. And you could get in there and tweak sliders and like turn things on and off and see what, see, you know, see what the new hardware features actually did and it feels like they've really gotten away from that like they did that marbles demo uh for yeah. was it ampere i think was and but i don't think they ever actually put marbles out for people to play with you know like i would no. love for i'd love for these advanced graphical demos to start being things people could get their hands on again i guess the newest iteration maybe that matrix demo for yeah. uh yeah yeah that's kind of like the the latest thing i can think of but that that wasn't a gpu maker that was the yeah, unreal, was, unreal was, right wasn't it it was yeah. epic yeah it was epic, epic. Yeah, yeah. and it was and on console and like if you wanted to try it on pc it came like a year later and you had to like compile unreal engine for yourself to do it's like not very intuitive at all um i would love that um but i think it's just like marketing's changed so much over the last couple of years like the way you used to market a, a, uh like a new gpu was like showing off this awesome nvidia ati made graphics demo and nowadays it's more like you show it running well for a long time it was showing the that one console port running at 250 fps on pc or something like that so maybe they have to get into that rhythm again of making tech exciting i don't know well so one of the things uh to kind of move the conversation along uh to the next thing the one of the things that i think a lot of the people like nvidia you know the marketing team does is like oh hey check it out uh this gpu can now play at you know four times the performance with dlss 
so you know like they're 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 pushing the dlss aspect of it to kind of be like add you know yeah sure you know without dlss it it still doesn't run great but look you got dlss and and that's not as exciting to be like okay well you're just you know but but at the same token i mean uh upscaling technologies like dlss fsr xcss like things like that those are those are exciting in their in their own way and i I think it it depends the implementation right like why i think each one Mm -hmm. each each three of the technology well i I guess doesn't unreal have a built-in technology as well what's the tsr yeah yeah yeah. another acronym (laughs) yeah yeah so like I, i just feel like each each company has like a, a different philosophy of how they're doing it. Some are you know need hard specialized hardware to do it, like Nvidia. You know some of it is is spatial versus not. Like why why is upscaling right. like having such a hard growth period right now? <laughs> like, uh so I'd say like it's having a a discourse discursive hard growth period period. Uh, like if you go online, if you read Reddit, if you read a comments under a game, yeah, I think of there's a lot of controversy there. But I think in terms of actual usage results, I think people are turning it on and actually really enjoying it. It's just a very loud, probably minority on the web making a big deal about it because there are a lot of people out there who don't like it. And that's fine to not like things. Um, and I, I think, though, in general, it's only people have to be using it because a lot of modern games, if you're used to playing at ultra high frame rates, uh, like during the PS4 and Xbox one generation, uh, you're probably not going to have to turn on DLSS or FSR two or something like that. So I think, I think, yeah, I think that's basically it. People are probably turning it on in, in big numbers, but you just don't always read it on the web always since they're happy and they're playing their game and not talking about online. Right. And I mean, there there are extreme examples of of it like in in the marketing that nvidia does and i understand why that turns people off uh oh yeah but you know like I, like i definitely do think at least for me i'm like okay well if if i have the option for any of these upscalers i usually just set it to the to the highest one whatever quality you know setting <laughs> yeah. is and be like okay that i'm just going to consider that like a, a good balance until i watch alex's video about recommended settings <laughs> uh <laughs> you know a good balance to be like oh, okay you know what like Sure, I'm I'm going to lose a little bit of of visual uh, clarity, but at the same time, what I get in performance and and probably uh, savings on on thermals, things like that, yeah. is, is worth it. So anytime it's on it, and Brad Brad Charkis, uh, who who worked for us, he, he does the same kind of thing. He's like, oh, if it's there, might as well turn it on at least, you know, just just to have. Um, so like, yeah, I I I, I, I I I get what you mean. Yeah, I'm just curious, what what resolution do you guys game at? All of you, like. So I'm, I'm 4040p at the desk in here, and then 4K on T on the television. Mm-hmm. And you? Yeah. Uh, so, well, I I do I do gaming in two places, either on my TV or on a, a handheld. So, uh, <laughs> you know, like the the TV is is 4K, and then the handheld, you know, it depends. 1080 or yeah, okay. yeah, 1080p yeah. is roughly. Is it ROG Ally at 1080p? That, that's curious. my go-to right now, but I, I test all of them. So I, I just been okay. playing with the, the Legion Go and obviously the Steam Deck. Ah, and, you know, the Legion so Go. I, yeah, 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 I, I okay. play with them all. So, all right. so like one thing that I think that maybe does sometimes skew the internet conversation about this is the resolution people's, people play at. Mm. And uh, so like when FSR 1 came out, a lot of the reviews were... Um, I was not positive about it in my review, but that was for a very different reason. But like a lot of the reviews were positive about FSR one because they like, they showed it off at like 4k in like the ultra quality mode. 
And that was already like kind of like a privileged place for GPUs. Like not everyone would have had a GPU that'd be playing towards 4K anyway. Mm. Um, and so I, I'm a little bit guilty of myself in my reviews sometimes where I show off the game in 4K. I do show it off in a mid-spec PC always too, uh, usually targeting 1440p, but sometimes like I do leave 1080p users in the dust um, because it's kind of, I don't know why. I don't know why I do it actually probably should cover more 1080p content. Uh, but if you do cover things at 1080p, sometimes just like the lower pixel density there, like things can always look uglier at lower resolutions. And that's maybe one thing that inflects a lot of the discourse online about upscaling, actually. Yeah, well, I mean, and it hits me in the handheld space. I'm, I'm a big handheld person. So it's like like I you can definitely feel it. You know, I, I only there on my TV, I turn it on because I'm like, ah, yeah, okay, sure, whatever, I'll, I'll get the savings. On the handheld, that's usually a calculated decision because it's more apparent the visual degradation right. versus the performance impact. So it, that one, like, is definitely uh, kind of a different scenario. But so I, I want to get your take on the difference between uh, things like DLSS that needs hardware, so, you know, specialized mm-hmm. hardware to to run as good as it does, versus something like FSR, which is uh, hardware agnostic and can run on a lot of things, which which is awesome. I mean, even even in uh, is there's some games, uh, isn't it uh, Breath of the Wild that actually uses FSR, like on the Switch? Uh, th- or that it? one uses FSR one. There's a yeah. there are, there is one FSR two game on the Switch, and it's is it, um, is it no, Man's no Man's Sky. Sky? Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. it is. Yeah, so no I mean, it's like it's, that is the cool yeah. thing. FSR can be anywhere. But obviously, if you have DLSS power, you know, DLSS typically is better than FSR. So how, how do you balance that that weight? I'd say the industry needs both um, just mm. because uh, you need you need lightweight, highly portable solutions. And you also need someone pushing the boundaries of what the current technology can do. And, and uh, NVIDIA's DLSS and XCSS from Intel are kind of all about that. Um, so you definitely need both, I would say, hmm. to cover all bases. And that's really great that you have access to these things as a developer and as a user. You can run them if you want, if the game supports them. And I like that a lot. I mean, that, that is the thing, them. right, is that you don't have to run it. You know, are there any games that that? Well, I, I guess like a like like a switch, right? You can't, you guess, can't yeah. turn off certain games. Uh, yeah. So. Like on the console, you don't have any choice. Yeah, yeah, usually, yeah. Yeah. it's so. like most of the time, it's like performance or quality. Switch games rarely have any quality, most of my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but I'm, you know, like on you know, uh, Xbox Series X or PlayStation Five, you got like two, three modes, sometimes four modes at most, mm-hmm. and um, but most of them are usually always using upscaling. And I, uh, one thing that I want to say about uh, FSR two versus um, DLSS is that I think that like they're coming at the problem from two different ways, and one of them is just. I don't want to say one's more forward looking just because AI is just like such a big talking point and it's got a lot of really bad actors in it. Um, but like the, the interesting thing about DLSS is that since it is machine learning, like, like it's upward trajectory about how much, like how much more it can prove over time is actually a lot higher. Like the bound is a little bit higher because there's like always more computing time that can be put into it. Whereas something like FSR two, it's limited by uh, human scales. Like, how much coding time it have? How much imagination do we have? Mm. Uh, and and that's very different. So that's one of the really cool things about AI when it's applied to visuals is that this the scale of how high it can scale is much higher and it's like much more rapid. So that's one thing I like about XCSS and DLSS. Yeah, that, that's an interesting divide with the AI conversation. Like obviously generative AI is its own other conversation. There's a lot of problems. Totally with different. Like theft, of, <laughs> theft, of, theft of creative yeah. work and stuff like that. But like I, I like to think of DLSS as sort of like a 
signal processing application of AI, you know, where it's not, you're not taking someone else's work and, and, you know, stealing it or, right. or, or building off of it or whatever you want to call it. You're just taking an image that the game already rendered and with better technology, making it look that much better. Right. So like that, that to me, like stuff like DLSS is a much more like ethical use of, of machine learning and AI. Yes. <laughs> By far. Yeah. That's it's a good AI. Like you're using it. To, yeah. You're not like using it to identify like pedestrians on the street right. or something like that. Right. That's way different. Uh, <laughs> um, that's DLSS 10. That's DLSS 10. Oh God. <laughs> Actually, did you, did you see that the, there was a, who's um, it's NVIDIA's chief researcher or one of them, I forget uh, which one Brian, was talking about. Yeah. Was, was, was he the one, he was talking about like he can envision a day when the entire renderer is is AI driven. I mean, I mean, at the nth degree goal, that does make a lot of sense. It would probably, the way I always imagine it is like right now, like the, the rendering of most pixels is still done via like some sort of compute that isn't like the AI. Uh, but, but like in the future, I imagine it could be like fed data on like where the geometry is and but like the actual shading model itself could be driven by AI. And that sounds like but it's like so far off. But yeah. I thought that was actually awesome when Brian said that. I I'm, like, oh, I'm, that I'm probably I'm probably speaking way out of my depth here, but aren't things like Nanite in, in UV5 like kind of a very broadly a similar thing of abstracting, like taking data structures and abstracting them into something different and kind of working off of that instead of the base? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's a, a fair good, good they, comparison they, or not. Uh, the the thing is, I think uh, it's not too off base. It isn't the same, but like uh, I think the idea that is uh, about that that is interesting is that like Nanite, it's always going to show you as much deal, detail as it can in like the amount of given pixels. And there's like there is a higher structure of information behind it. There's like a super high res model that's fed into the game engine. But the thing that's like procedural about it, it is it's based upon how many pixels there are on screen. So it is always only showing you how much detail you really arguably need to see. Mm-hmm. And that's something that AI also could do really well in the future. Like, yeah, like, for example, like there could be like a model. And this is actually, there's already research on this, like with uh, nerfs, which are now they're slightly being replaced by another thing. But the whole idea is that like, like right now there's like, there's, they have this issue also in the games like Flight Simulator where the world is huge. We've got these big maps of data to cover the entire world, but we can't just stream all that data or have it on your hard disk. That's there's no computer big enough in the world to do that. So they procedurally generate things in front of you in real time that are seeded. AI could actually be used to do that on your local game client hmm. for things like, for example, you like look up to at a leaf. Maybe there's only like the geometry of the leaf in resident memory, but the AI is like going to imagine the texture and maybe that there's a bug on the leaf crawling along it. You know what I mean? Like, so there's a lot of things that it could do to expand the experience while still being based based on real data. So Hmm. I don't know. That's stuff about AI that I'm interested in, but it has nothing to do with DLSS right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, coming back to DLSS, the... um, One of the other things that's obviously kind of newer and and has its own argument around it is uh, uh, things like um, uh, frame generation. Uh, obviously, right. it just came to to FSR three, and and I mean it's it's very limited. Uh, I mean the same thing on the Nvidia side as well. I've had my own kind of like weird experiences with it where yeah in some cases I'm like mm, this just doesn't feel good like I, I to have that latency not match mm-hmm. the frame rate uh, is, is weird it's in one place where i actually felt like it was completely fine was uh uh alan wake because it is a slower moving game you know like as long as the visual mm-hmm. quality holds which sometimes it didn't but like movement wise mm-hmm. input lag wise it, it wasn't that big of a problem 
how how are they going to get around that whole frame generation okay so now we've upscaled the pixels now we're making new pixels but it has the detriment of the input lag and of course they they have yeah. the technology to try to 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 counteract that but you're still it's not the same input response so like, like uh, how, how could yeah. they get around that do you know i'm um, just asking you um, <laughs> I think that I think there's always going to be inherent latency with frame generation. Um, there's no way around it as long as it is doing interpolation, as in holding onto a frame and comparing it with the pre- the previous frame, and then generating the in between image. Mm. Um, there there are other techniques to generate frames. One of them is called extrapolation, where you're kind of like predicting the future frame and parts of it. And that could have a, uh, some point in the future be something that is advanced in real-time rendering, but I don't think anytime soon. Mm. But I think the thing in the in the meantime, to make it more viable over time, is just to have faster hardware and have much better screens that, at, you know, like, because right now we're kind of like limited. I don't want to say limited. It's still stupidly fast, but like 120 FPS, like 120 <laughs> hertz screens. If you're on a 1440p screen, maybe it's 240 hertz or something like that. Uh, the higher you go and more frames you're generating... Like I think the subjective like aspect becomes more interesting because huh. if you're only delaying one frame and that base frame's only like eight milliseconds long, most people, unless you're a pro CS2 player or League of Legends player, are not going to notice the difference between you know 40 milliseconds of input latency and 48 milliseconds of input latency. Hmm. So I, I think it gets more interesting as time goes on. This is just like 2018 when RT launched, like very you know basic and it's starting now. That's where we are with frame gen and tech, I think, right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, more more to come on that. Yeah, uh, the 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 last kind of uh, major topic I, w- I want to hit here for the graphical technology part is uh, is engines. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. one one of the things recently, or not recently, but over over the number of years, uh, the the number of custom engines out there that the developers using are going down and down, and you know most of the time it seems like everybody's just moving to unreal uh yeah. you know, i mean there are there are some some uh companies that that kind of you know continue their own trend like uh, obviously uh, uh alan wake developers uh i can't mm-hmm. remember the name of the engine off the top of my head but um, Northlight. Northlight, yeah, yeah thank you uh so do you see this as a good thing or a bad thing mm. or or ex- explain maybe why how it could be both <laughs> <laughs> As someone in the Epic odd like works at Epic in the audience, just like waiting for me to say something. And I, I, I actually think it's a very bad thing. Um, okay. But not like I say very bad just because uh, we've c- kind of seen what happens when when it's not completely baked and like super awesome. Uh, the last like four to five years of Unreal Engine titles on PC, from my perspective as a technical reviewer, has been just super headache inducing because mm. Instead of talking about like um, what I love about the game or what I think that developers did graphically that was interesting, I'm spending the time like doing raw Q and A work in my videos about like why it's stuttering and mm. why you can't do anything about it. Uh, but that, that's like the detriment, like when the engine has an issue and it, it goes into a lot of titles as a result, right? Um, but I think if the engine has a lot of really powerful user creation stuff like unreal engine 5 now currently has and if it gets over its performance problems then it is actually a very positive thing that a lot of developers don't have to spend a bunch of time doing tech development because not everyone can do it anymore it's like so many man hours and working hours excuse me 
um, to do that. And I don't think everyone can. And that's why you see a lot of the people dropping their own engines. But I mean, it's kind of like not a great positive thing in the end, because it, if you're if you're only wholly reliant on like one provider of technology, there can be issues that pop up and they start popping up everywhere all of a sudden in every game because everyone has this thing. Well, not not even issues, but also, uh, you know, it's, sometimes it feels like, oh, OK, well, you can you can just tell visually this just looks like an unreal game, <laughs> you know, like, oh, like, yeah. like <laughs> visual quality is like, oh, OK, you know, it's, it's, it's shades of gray of, of essentially the same kind of thing, which yeah. can not necessarily be a bad thing. But, you know. Yeah, sometimes yeah, you can just pick it. <laughs> I mean, Brad, you'll remember this. Like, like in the Xbox 360 PS3 generation, every single time an Unreal Engine 3 game came out, mm-hmm. like it, it was almost like you could spot it from a mile away. Yeah. And uh, nowadays, it's a little bit better for whatever reason. Uh, but even now, with some of the early UE5 games coming out, I can always be like, I see you, Unreal. Behind, <laughs> behind that veneer. That, yeah, I see you. That specific over-the-shoulder angle is always just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Okay, all right. Um, so, yeah, the... the yeah, I, I think I think we should move on to uh, uh, a PC gaming hardware miss. Or, or is there any other technology that you're excited about that you're like, oh, we we haven't really talked about it. You know, this is this is the way forward. Uh, like, what's after path tracing, Alex? What is after path tracing? <laughs> I actually was asked this question not too long ago, earlier this year during a DF direct, and I was uh, so obviously we're talking about like just completely opaque hard surfaces. Those look fine, and they look probably almost fine last generation of games. But things that like move and interact with each other, I, some of my favorite games have like really cool simulation in them for physics. I think mm. physical interactivity in the world is something games could really improve incredibly mm. uh, from their current place. So that's another thing that's like modeling the materials and how they react to each other, or even break apart, split apart. Mm. Yeah. yeah, like I also, I mean, just purely on the fidelity front, like when you say what's after path tracing, I feel like better path tracing, right? Like, like, like you know, <laughs> more performant rate, path tracing. Well, yeah, you know, like better, like raycasting algorithms are going to get better. And, you know, like, like yeah, you know, like cyberpunk, like moving objects, like when people walk, you know, the shadows of people walking still have the flickery, you know, it takes Trails, time to build up, yeah. build up samples and mm-hmm. stuff like like there's still a lot of room for, for improvement there. Oh, yeah, it's it's sky's the ceiling in terms of like how like pixar like it would be great if we could get pixar quality in real time and we're just not there yet you know well uh somebody in the chat calls it path tracing 2 when is path tracing 2 coming out uh, we, we need the sequel <laughs> gotta wait for the white paper on that one there you go uh, i just set up a poll earlier uh-huh. on uh what re- resolution do you know people in the chat oh, good. and uh you know the results coming in at almost 150 votes we got uh 31% now, uh, people gaming at 4K, four, uh, wow. 48% at 1440p, 19% at 1080, and then 2% at 720. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You're keeping it. Yeah. Some real. people even Keep said three, 360. <laughs> yeah. 270. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice That's i like great. that uh all right let's let's move over to some uh pc gaming hardware myths because uh you know i i feel like there's a lot of myths that build up over time uh, and sometimes mm-hmm. we need to kind of dispel those rumors uh the the first one i kind of want to talk about is vram it's that every gpu that releases right now needs at least 16 gigs is that true <laughs> no no um no just no because uh games have settings and that you should you should be willing to turn them down if that is with what your budget is about. 
Um, but I will say uh, developers nowadays, you can't rely on them to always have good settings. It's just the way that mm-hmm. these things are. So if you have an 8-gigabyte card and you're going to buy one right now or a 12-gigabyte card, beware that some games will not always be perfect the way you'd want them to be. That's about it. Hmm. Brad, do you, do you yeah. think, what do you think? Oh. Well, actually, I was going to follow up and ask Alex, like, do you think there's a little bit of a psychological problem here? Well, I mean, I think I know there is. Like, I don't even need to ask the question if terms like <laughs> medium, medium yeah. and low, like people, there's like a pride issue of like, my card's not a low card. You know what I mean? Like, is there some, <laughs> yeah. is there some better way to communicate, like, reduced oh, settings gosh. to people where they don't feel like they're compromising or that their hardware yeah. was a bad choice or something? You know what I mean? I paid $400 and I only got eight gigs and I right, have to right. turn yeah. down or, settings. Or, I, or I, I paid $400 and I can only do medium or something like that. You know, it's like, yeah. it, it looks very good these days, you know, but, I, but yeah. there's still that, that feeling of inadequacy or something that goes along with that. Yeah, I think um, I don't like giving in to the ego about it. It's just because it makes me feel sad. It's just like, oh, we, we can be more rational about this. That's what I always feel about it. But realistically, renaming something like uh, low to normal <laughs> or standard, uh, it will go a long way to making mm. people use it. And then like ha- medium becomes high or something like that. Or mm. or they, you know, they can use words that are less tiered and more, I don't know, friendly. I don't know what the yeah. word is. Yeah, but uh, I always think back about the times it's been done historically. I, I talked about it in a video once where Crisis 2 renamed its settings to like, oh, what was it? I forget. They, 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 well, Crisis 2 did it in a different way. Um, but Crisis Warhead renamed their settings to like gamer, enthusiast, and oh, something else. Oh, good. Okay. And uh, they, did it, they did it because they, were, they realized that people were crun- you know putting up Crisis to Ultra or very high and not, you know... And it did work, oddly enough. It had like a super crazy psychological effect, but it was also like double-edged sword because like, I don't know, it just kind of like sets wrong expectations. I, I agree with you, Brad. Like, man, like I, I think it could be communicated better, but a lot of people just need to realize like the setting name means nothing. It's about what's on screen that matters the most. And mm. then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. All right, all right. I, I like that one. Uh, let's move on to... Uh... Developers are using upscaling as a crutch, right? Is is that is that true? Are developers, you know, just being like, ah, you know what, we can't render this, uh, you know, at playable frame rate, so you know what, we need uh, upscalers mm. to to do the rest of the work. No, they are not using it as a crutch. Uh, uh, as Jakob Knopik recently said in an interview with IDEM, uh art director Cyberpunk. Uh, that is another optimization technique that they are using uh, to make games look better. And uh, games historically have always done tons of optimizations behind the screen. Like if you look at any one game, especially a console game, most likely the only thing that's like native resolution is maybe the HUD. That's about it. Mm. Like almost everything else is somehow sub-native. And it's been that way forever. Mm. Even in PC games, it's been that way forever. Like, there's no reason to do everything at full res because you don't notice it all the time. Uh, even, like, when you watch a movie, like, most, like, or your television, it's maybe set to 422. You don't know that. Like, you're, 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 you're all your reds are a quarter res, man. Like, what what are you talking about? Um, you know, like, there's there's a lot of things that about this that are kind of funny, but I don't think so. I don't think it's a crutch. Um, but... There's probably been examples of a game uh, that was rushed towards end because the publisher wanted it out really quickly and they had to push or shove in some way because they couldn't get an optimization passed on in time. 
that would also not surprise me for some titles, but I'd say it's much more rare. Hmm. So almost it seems like, I'm sorry, it's, it's, it almost seems like yet another psychological problem of it's like, hey, they're not using it as a crutch. It's that their visual aspirations outstripped the ability of the hardware to render yeah. natively, right? It's like, Which, hey, you're getting a yeah. better looking game than you would be if this thing had to render natively. Like, what does it matter? Yeah, there's this. John talks about this. That's awesome, Brad, that you've mentioned that because John talks about this all the time, too, is that nowadays native res is such a big deal for most people. Uh, because our screens are fixed pixel displays. Um, they're no longer CRTs. I've got a CRT right here. I love it. I don't use it uh, for as much modern gaming, but I use it for retro gaming. But one thing that the CRT has an advantage of is you can change the resolution to whatever sub-native it could be. Like, and it still looks really great. Like, It still looks really good. I like play a game at like 640 by 480 on it, and I think it looks really great. But if I do that on like my 4K OLED, it doesn't look great. And that's because it's like a lot of scaling is going on there and it's blurring the pixels. And this like whole huge obsession with native resolution rendering kind of is a weird byproduct with ego and also the fact that our screens can't show things sub native in a good way anymore. It sucks. Actually. Yeah, that's very, very true. It was a weird phenomenon you saw with the backlash to the Alan Wake stuff because, you know, the specs were, I'm, I'm kind of ballparking here. I think it was like, you know, 3070 can do 1080p balanced. Right. I think balance is the 50% profile, Perform- right? Uh, performance even. Or, or performance. But, performance. But, the, but the the effect of that was a bunch of people on Twitter running around screaming like, oh, so my card can only do 540p now? And it's like, since when did people care so much about internal rendering resolution versus what ends up on the screen? You know, like it's just a bizarre talking point for people to fixate on when that's not what the end product looks like at all. It's just right. like another another pride or ego thing of like I need this card to do this natively or it doesn't count for some reason. One hundred percent, man. Really, really strange uh, stuff. I re- yeah, I wish it was different. Um, and I like like in the Xbox three hundred and sixty PS three generation, the resolution of an image had a little bit more of an importance because of just the differences of like how much scaling could occur. Like if a game was native seven twenty p, it was better than one that was like I don't know eight sixty four p or no, <laughs> sorry lower than that 640p um because like you would have it maybe being native resolution on your set and that would look better than an upscaled image but nowadays like with these uh, image reconstruction techniques the difference is at least for the dlss side of things it's just like how much like less fine the detail is when something's moving and i feel like that is so much less in- like it's not so important anymore like the resolution isn't so important anymore as a result yeah yeah. It's, it's also really interesting to see different crowds, different audiences and their level of acceptance. Like PC people hate upscaling, but if you look at the like the Nintendo crowd that's like rabid for Switch 2 news, like oh, they are yeah. super they are so excited. <laughs> like, oh my DLSS. god, Switch 2 gets DLSS. Like like people are, are, yeah. like, are bananas for it. And like I saw um was it I think it was Rich's piece. Was it today that said that uh like the deal oh, yeah. maybe maybe somewhat limited on the Switch 2 because it's lacking the the DLA chip or whatever or hardware. Yeah. And but and right. I saw and I saw people going like, well, that's fine as long as it still has the LSS. You know, it's like you know, even <laughs> them, they're happy to get anything, you know, because the expectations are so different. Yeah, man, that's nuts. Yeah. I, I made one video about I don't make a lot of console videos, but I made one about like the theoretical possibility of running DLSS on Switch for potential Switch 2. I made it like two years ago now. And like the the amount of response to it was insane. It was so high. It was arguably higher than any of my DLSS PC videos, just because it's like cool and interesting PC tech dribbling down into the console space, and it's very interesting. <laughs> and people are super psyched about it. But on PC, it's like controversial. 
it's so so different yeah Yeah. the switch i think the switch like is the best illustration of why this kind of upscaling is good right because you have such a constrained performance budget that hey like you're getting x percent better looking games on on a very limited platform because you have this like that that same philosophy should apply to pc but it doesn't for some reason yeah it's a shame well and and once again in in a lot of ways i I play a lot on handheld and so like you know going back to the the whole settings thing too like a lot of times i'm playing either on low or you know medium kind of settings and i'm like oh well it's still actually damn looks damn good so (laughs) (laughs) you know uh, but but once again your expectation is on you're playing on a handheld so you know i'm like oh it's low oh sweet this can run at 60 at low <laughs> hell yeah uh, so yeah <laughs> perception definitely all right uh next one um uh why are you testing fsr on nvidia gpus uh fsr <laughs> looks better on amd no it doesn't these are all no's these are this is not fair um <laughs> fsr should barring some sort of bug fsr should look the same on every single gpu out there just because it is a generic DX12 compute shader, which runs the same on every and looks the same on all hardware. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that one was easy. Uh, I mean, I knew that was easy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Here, here's another one. Uh, I I don't know the best way to phrase it, uh, but this this has another part to it. Uh, you sure. need you need the newest hardware in order to get over things like shader compilation. Uh, like oh, oh. Well, you're getting shader compilation on your 12900k that's because i got i got a better <laughs> cpu than you I, I didn't see that uh also no <laughs> um there are good examples of this the big even before shader compilation stutter if you go try and play batman arkham knight on pc and you unlock the frame rate most likely when you drive that backmobile around the town on like a modern display targeting 120 fps you're still going to see it going like like stuttering and that's just another game uh, before shader compilation stutter where it has like a programmatic issue that causes the stuttering to occur mm. and it just doesn't go away. No amount of hardware will fix that. At the best, you have the you have the chance in like 20 years from now when the raw single thread performance of a PC is maybe 4X or 5 or 10X of what we have now, whatever. Uh, maybe then it's reduced enough so that you don't notice it, but it's actually technically still there. It's like actually technically still there, but it's just slightly beyond human perception at some point in time. So no, there's really no good way to get around shader compilation stutter. Mm. Dang it. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, but on the PC, that is usually one of those things where like, hey, you know what? I can, I can brute force past problems uh, that, that console people are getting because I, I you know, I can put more I money at that. it. Yeah. But... <laughs> sometimes not for this yeah if, yeah. I, if I can jump in and ask alex a quick question here why, why don't you see more more pc games pre-calculating shaders is, is it a we don't want to make people sit there for 10 minutes the first time they launch the game and watch wow. a, a progress bar or is it or is it actually not feasible from a technical standpoint to fully account for all possibilities there yeah it's it's kind of both uh for example when i talked with nixies about it uh who made uh spider-man and you know rise of the tomb raider ports for pc etc um, they mentioned how they like, uh, at least for Spider-Man specifically, since a goal for Spider-Man and one of those things uh, that it was advertised heavily for on PlayStation 5 was you just like get into the game really quickly. So for them, they don't have a large pre-compilation step in Spider-Man. They're doing it on the fly uh, and doing it a little bit during loads. And it works for them, more or less. Uh, but they said they wouldn't want to do a large pre-compilation step because it took away from a little bit from the design of their game, in their opinion. And that makes sense for them. Uh, so sometimes it is that way. 
Uh, but other times it has been in games that there's, there's a very specific technical reason for it, but basically the amount of iterations of shaders can have can explode ridiculously depending upon how the art pipeline is for a game. And technically they can maybe try and find them all, but it's a lot of work and depending it, they wouldn't know which ones are always specifically always used by the game. They can maybe iterate them all out, but they would maybe only a specific subset are used like 10% of like millions. And so they don't want to do it and maybe make you wait an hour and a half. The last of us parts one, when it launched on PC, along with being embarrassing for a lot of other reasons. I remember that. Um, yeah. Like you, you would start the game and you'd like wait an hour and they reduced the time down to like, I don't know, maybe a quarter of what it was at launch, just because they probably had a more accurate understanding of what shaders needed to be compiled months down the line yeah okay that makes sense interesting yeah. uh well side tangent uh alex you recently have upgraded from a 12900k system to a 7800x 3d system uh yeah. first i, I want to ask uh, how, how it's going so far oh it's uh going really well uh i turn it on the one thing that's slightly different about it is it has a different power cycle than the last intel chip where it first like goes up a little bit and like you know like does it most modern pcs don't always post boot beep anymore so it's mm -hmm. like you know like i'm not used to that um but it does it does like a like a weird power cycle when it starts up and i think that's something to do with the way the ryzen boards these most recent am5 boards deal with their memory yeah memory train i believe that's yeah something like that and it, so that is a little different but the rest of it has been really smooth sailing in fact i'm having slightly less issues in regards to like fitting in my setup for df i have so many pcs and consoles whatever here that i <laughs> use like a like a switcher like an hdmi switcher and the Intel board, the previous one, for some reason, it's Intel iGPU on the board just like really messed that up. It like totally messed that up. It would oh, not ever want to work with HDMI switch. So I'm actually loving it. I'm huh. actually, yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, well, I, I, I'd love to hear frequent check-ins, you know, just, just to, to see. Uh, I yeah, am yeah. curious to see, you know, also the, so one of the questions I have for you, uh, are, are you going to, are you going to be able to look uh, at a game's performance and be able to to take out oh okay well i'm getting this performance because i have that extra cash versus people mm -hmm. who have cpus that don't have that extra cash because sometimes i mean at least for me i'm like okay well here's here's my system i'm running uh, you know some of it is like because of the gpu but some of it is uh, you know some games just love that cash how, how are you going to mm -hmm. be able to to kind of extrapolate that out in your recommendations <clears throat> to be like okay well if you if you if you have a cpu that doesn't have this cash you're going to see performance lower than you're seeing here. Right. Um, for that, um, I'll account for that in reviews um, by not at all basing any of my optimized settings on the experience of the X3D chip. I will almost usually exclusively do my optimized settings based on a pretty old now Ryzen 5 3600, which is so, it's actually super old for PC terms now. It's like, it's still like four years though. old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, still, it's, it's great. It's great, yeah. but it's just like, it's just interesting. I recently had a, at a Monday morning, we always meet on the Monday morning and we talk via Discord actually about what we're going to do during the week. And I thought like, should we be upgrading that soon? Because like I actually technically upgraded it from like it, the mid-range machine used to be a Core i5-8400, uh, which was for a long time a pretty great last gen CPU. Uh, and then like the price performance winner was this thing, this Ryzen 5 3600. 
Uh, but then we decided actually it's just so interesting of a CPU and it's so popular that you should keep it even a while longer. Um, but the basic idea is I won't have any issue with that basing recommended settings based upon that like super rare 3D cache, mm-hmm. maybe expensive CPU because I won't make my optimized settings based oh, on Okay, that. okay, cool. Right. That's good to know. Uh, also, side note, uh, Brad um, uh, Brad also had that same Gigabyte Aorus uh, motherboard that, that you were sent. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, so if, if you have <laughs> is, any... Is he having issues? Had passing. <laughs> oh, no. I, I wish you Not... well, hopefully. Hopefully, it, it, it seems very sporadic. Uh, I, I, def- I had some issues. It's hard to what say. What was it? It was not what with the CPU. It? The CPU. I was on a seventy nine fifty X three D, and like I had no mm-hmm. problems with the the split die. You know, like the the process assignment to the right X the, to the the, the V cache yeah, sure. die in games generally seemed to work properly. It was it was all like I O problems. It was like USB, Bluetooth, networking, oh, no. dropping out randomly. Um, oh, no. Occasional get problems disconnecting. Yeah. yeah, like 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 storage storage and networking just sort of falling offline in the middle of Windows, and then like throwing ten thousand errors in the Vid Viewer. Like it could have been. I don't know, man. I don't know if it's an AM5 or chipset issue. I don't know if it's a gigabyte specific issue. Whoa. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I have I have no data to back this up. This is just my experience. I'm looking at Reddit and other forums, but I, I populate like everything in this board. Like all the PCI Express slots are filled. Most of yeah. the USB, a lot of the USB is used. Like th- uh, three of the four M.2 uh, <clears> sockets <throat> were filled. And I kind of got the sense that people who put, who cram more stuff into the board have more issues. So if you're mm-hmm. like purely gaming, if you're kind of a pure gaming setup with like graphics card, one drive, and that's kind of it. Hopefully yeah. you'll be fine. That's what I'm hoping too. Cause you're not the first person I heard that from Brad. Someone else was saying they were having network dropout and IO dropout Yes. Um, for something. And um, I don't think if it does have that and it might as well, for all I know, I wouldn't encounter it because I'm only going to have maybe like two NVMEs in it. And just the graphics card. I'm not gonna like. I know why you have all your PCIe stuff filled out, and like why you have all that stuff. You're you're doing stuff other than maybe gaming on it, right? Mm, um. So yeah, I hope I don't get it. Well, if you do run into any problems, uh, message Brad. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> he's been <laughs> through some. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, uh, back to back to the myths. Um, this is kind of the the opposite of the. Uh, uh, the newest hardware one is that uh, oh if if, if uh, the developer lists out the minimum spec and I'm above it then I'm good. Yeah. Um. This is this is a minimum spec. The so wait this isn't even a no. This is more like a just don't even pose this question because <laughs> this is hard, minimum, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. We've had we've had de- <clears throat> debates in 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 our Discord of like what the what the hell does min spec even mean anymore? Because yeah, developers you know they they'll put it on like the Steam page, right? Oh hey, you know as long as you got min spec, you're good. But it's it's not always the case. Yeah, that's the thing is that you just can't trust min spec anymore. Maybe and like there was a point in the, like the nineties when it would be printed on a box, and the most important thing you had to really pay attention to was maybe hard disk size and then DX level. That was really about it. <laughs> um, the rest of the things were a little bit fluid. And nowadays, since everything since the DX eleven era can almost run anything, since games haven't advanced that much in certain aspects, like. You just don't know. Minimum specs don't mean much of anything. You have to really wait for reviews and user reports to get a really good understanding of what's going to happen when you play a game on your PC. Then why, that sucks. Well, then why are these developers That's... posting them? Should, okay, should they just not post them or should they update to actually more reflect? 
they should probably do a, they probably have a really good understanding internally about what's going on with the specs. Uh, and they should just maybe be more straightforward with it. And it's not a spec sheet, but maybe it's a spec blog post. And it mm. explains a little bit about like what the minimum experience means to them. Like, is that 30 FPS? Um, is it like flat frame times? Like these are things that DF does, but like developers have access to this ability. It's just like, like how much marketing budget do you throw into making a specs blog post? I don't know how many people would want to do that or care uh, if it makes their game sell better. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. How, how do you think we get around this, Brad? Jeez. Um, when you guys when you guys say min spec, are you also including quote unquote recommended spec in that? Like, are those both are those both suspect, or are you saying literally <laughs> just because you know Steam's got both next to each other? Like, yeah, I think it should include both. Uh, okay. Arguably, yeah, yeah. Okay. But um, also, like, like recommended. Once again, recommended means recommended. What R- recommended on you know gaming? What <laughs> right. resolution? What frame right. rate? What settings? Right. Like, like, a, like, what's recommended? Te- technically, technically runs runs playably. Yeah. Like, That's why I think at least min spec to me means you can you can play the game <laughs> or yeah, you know like loads. right yeah recommended is like okay how you want to play the game uh, recommended is, is different but at least like minimum <laughs> i don't know yeah I, I don't have a good i mean it seems like even developers have a hard time solving this problem so i certainly can't offer anything like i, I saw um i think it was thomas from from remedy after alan wake came out and yeah playing it and saying oh this runs way better <laughs> than those min- minimum specs you put out suggested it would and he was like, yes, we were very conservative on those. Like, yeah. we really yeah. targeted the lowest end of what we thought we should say for that stuff. So maybe maybe under promise over deliver is the way to go. I don't know. Well, but that, uh, that, that bit remedy, though, because everyone was screaming yeah, like, oh, yeah, crap, I need a tough. 3070. It's tough. And I mean, at least it's just inherent yeah. to the P. It's always been inherent to the PC and the infinite variations and combinations of hardware you can have, right? It's just it's just an, a drawback of the platform that it's not a fixed target. So, yeah. I always feel like, um, do you guys remember when Windows Vista came out, they had the index experience score? Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. I always feel like that could have evolved into something much more useful for game developers uh, mm. because it did things like test RAM speed, uh, tested uh, single-threaded CPU performance back then. Uh, and I think nowadays with the amount of data collection and AI, blah, 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 that they could probably give you an index user experience score for your ship like the components in your PC and they could give you a much better understanding about how your game would run uh, based upon things that developers could maybe also input into that system too. I feel like there's a way to solve it programmatically, especially with like big data crunching, but it's just like someone has to do it first Hmm. and I don't think anyone's done it yet. (laughs) Is there a way maybe in Steam so that this actually falls on Valve because Steam knows the hardware you, well, if you opt in, right. it knows the hardware you're using. It can maybe gather some sort of information about how it's running in there, and Steam itself can can like in real time update. You know, that'd be cool. Uh, they also have the ability to do it if you would opt into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, a lot of I people do opt like, in. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would also like that too. It'd be great uh, to know if I like click on a Steam store page, like what settings I can expect for a game. That'd be really fun, right? Yeah. I, I wonder if this is maybe the kind of thing that DirectX should should take a stab at, or like that that should be a, a, a new component of DirectX, maybe because that would give it the broadest application to everybody playing games on Windows uh, at that right. point. Like Microsoft's it, been a pretty good steward of of game technology in Windows. Yeah, right. Man, I, 
Yeah, it probably is a direct X solvable thing. You're probably right there. Like I sometimes always, when I get in conversations with like people that work NVIDIA or AMD or Intel, I always actually ask them questions and I realize I should almost be asking Microsoft some of these questions (laughs) because it's like, actually, this is a Windows issue. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, the other the other thing, and sorry to bring this back to handhelds again. Uh, the cool. the other the other the the other thing that I've had too is that there's been plenty of times where it says, "Oh, this is recommended for or verified for the Steam Deck." Got that green check, but it still runs like crap. And I'm like, "You call this <laughs> you call this verified? I would not call this verified." You know, so like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a little bit of val- valve wonkiness there. I feel yeah. like because. You know, Valve's curating of the Steam front storefront is very, it's Valve. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, all right. Uh, last myth, uh, and we'll, we'll hit some general Q&A. Um, console ports on PC are always going to be crap. Oh, uh, always. For whatever no. reason, you know. Uh, for whatever reason. Uh, there's really good ones. I always say the Coalition makes incredible PC ports. Um if you don't know who they are, they made the Gears of Wars games, the most recent ones. Uh, Nixies steps up to the bat and they do an amazing job these days. And there's others, there's some other smaller studios that do some really great stuff. Uh, I think it's just a matter of budget and priority. Some some game devs just can't, they just don't get the budget and time to do it, unfortunately. I would never blame the developers themselves. This is pretty much always a publisher, like funding and time and expertise issue, very rarely. I mean, right. That a lot of times when I see something come out and it's not the way, or you know, it's not performing up, uh, up to snuff or something like that, uh, I don't always go to the straight to the developers. They probably had that same problems too. Like I'm thinking of like publisher, like you know, high ups in the business are like, ah, I don't care, just push it out now. And they're like, no, we can't. <laughs> always safe yeah. to blame the guy in the suit. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. I, yeah. I, I'll, the, I'll take that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that avenue. <laughs> yeah. It's it's why like. I mean, uh, you if you guys are on Twitter, right? Like, you know, you always hear like the quote unquote lazy devs rhetoric come around. And I feel like that's, I wish it would be so great to like get into the general consuming audience that like it's the developers, they play the game, they see, they see it, it pretty much almost everything we see and maybe even more. They know all the bugs. They spend all the time troubleshooting them or maybe not. Uh, it's a matter of just like someone else is making the decision about when this game has to ship and Maybe the devs aren't even happy with the game as it's being let out, but they kind of have to do it. Instead of lazy devs, it's money-hungry suits. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Blame the money-hungry suits. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God. Okay. Uh, let's... Uh... I, I mean, the, there are plenty of other myths, but those are the the fun ones. Thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. That was fun. Of course. Yeah, uh, gladly. Let's go over to some uh, general Q&A. If you have any questions live in the chat right now, uh, get them in, in the uh, the chat and at PC World. That's kind of the easiest way for us to see it. If you're watching or listening later, there's a link in the Discord to... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, link in the description to our Discord. We have a channel over there for full nerd questions. I actually did start a whole separate new channel uh, just for questions for Alex. Uh, specifically so yeah it didn't get uh, uh too muddied in there so um here's a good one from a friend of the show cause mc uh should we consider the steam deck low 30 fps as min spec for all games i think almost valve wants it to be that way and i think that's why they're sticking with the hardware as long as they possibly can along with the fact that they they really want to push battery life uh 
I would really love if Steam Deck became a minute. I wouldn't expect it for all games because we've even have stuff like Alan Wake 2 right now. Games like Returnal don't run well on Steam Deck. You could probably talk about a couple also, Adam, like from your experience, games that don't run on Steam Deck very well, like more modern ones. Mm. But I would love it if it became like a minimum spec PC that people could at least get 720p 30 on. Or maybe not 720p, but like upscaled 30. That'd be cool. Yeah. Mm. I'd like that. Uh, we had a, a number of questions of people asking you, uh, what's, what's your favorite GPU ever? Oh, uh, or just what, what it did for the industry. You're like, oh crap, that this is the first one that was able to do this. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, in terms of just like opening the door, I think pixel shading on the GeForce three, uh, it wasn't very powerful GPU necessarily, and it has issues, but like just pixel shading in general, just so huge. Like everything after pixel shading just doesn't look the same anymore. Like the, like, yeah, there's just look at like a Dreamcast game versus like you were saying earlier, Brad, like Doom 3, like really. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <Yeah. insane. laughs> uh, but for me, like personally, one that I've owned and the one that I just loved was the 8800 GT, uh, that's NVIDIA 8800 GT. DirectX 10 for Classic. me, DirectX 10 was magical. It's just like I, I thought it was so cool. It's kind of a bummer in the end; it didn't pan out so awesome. But it was just like it was the dream, the DirectX 10 dream. It was great. <laughs> uh, Brad, what what was your favorite uh, GPU Gosh, of all time? Do you um, think? My first NVIDIA card was a Riva TNT, and I was very excited to only have one graphics card in my computer and not have to have, <laughs> yes. a, not have, to have a 2D card and a 3D card at the same time, and also have the, the analog pass through make the 2D output look like garbage, which makes yeah, me very Oh, my God. Makes me very yeah. old. I, the, the, um, also, the, the GeForce 256 was another big one. Like, I mean, granted, there was a massive marketing push behind the transform and lighting moving onto the GPU. Like, that... I don't know if people remember, that's where they coined the term GPU. They were not, mm -hmm. they were like 3D accelerators before that. And NVIDIA was like, okay, now we have made the world's first GPU. <laughs> <laughs> like we're doing compute on this thing now. And like, it, you know, and like they they put out tech demos to match. And, that, you know, that was the Quake 3 era. Like there was just, things were iterating so rapidly at that time. Like that's the leap, awesome. leaps from, from generation to generation were so profound. Like it was just such an exciting time uh, for 3D yeah. graphics. And that Max Payne video that I recently did. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was just uh, John and I playing on the PS2 and um, PC, but I did turn off hardware TNL on that, and the difference in performance was ridiculous. Like people, like people talk about ray tracing ruining performance now, but my God, if you turn off if you turn off hardware TNL, the the game is like one tenth the performance. Like it's nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Great. Uh, uh, Dr. Ian Cutters, Tech Tech Potato Fame is in the chat. He says my favorite GPU is my CPU. Uh, running uh, uh, re CPU rendering crisis. Uh, yeah. I yeah. can't remember exactly what CPU he did, did that on, but yeah, that was fun. Um, that is awesome. So a uh, question in the chat that came in uh, just now, uh, Joel Embedded, uh, something like that. Uh, what does Alex hope to see in DLSS 4.0? Uh, I haven't thought about this one yet. Uh, 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 I guess... Yeah, uh, come back to that one in a second. I'll, I'll ruminate on that for a while. Uh, in Is there anything background. you'd like to see, Brad? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, something I definitely haven't thought of yet. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so here's a, a very technical one from uh, somewhere over in our Discord. Uh, friend of the show, Lord Slinky Supreme. On Linux, Valve always pre-compiled Vulcan shaders based on your hardware to be downloaded should you choose. 
this effectively lets Proton solve all the shader completion issues ahead of runtime, and frankly, the difference is notable in games. Uh, should Microsoft make something similar available for uh, Direct 3D12 on Windows? Um, I actually think um, this is an opportunity. I think the the that Linux model that is done, it's okay. I think it's generally okay and it works for them, but I think the issue actually needs to be solved differently. I think we need to move uh, beyond the way um, pipeline state objects are currently done into some different systems so that we are not worrying about this anymore. Mm. Either it's going to be solved in hardware itself <clears throat> at some point in the future where there's like the way, like there doesn't need to be as many l- large combination of shaders done for each hardware or it needs to go to a different model entirely. Vulkan is now offering a separate model that doesn't use PSOs right now. They just recently unveiled it like last year at the beginning of the year. And it's kind of like a hardcore response to the issue because developers didn't like it. Players didn't like what was going on. And what Valve offers there is great, uh, but I don't think it's possible even under DX, given the way DX is like, it's going to depend on your DX version. It's going to depend on your driver version. It's going to depend on all these different things. It's going to depend on your hardware. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I think it's actually about moving away from the PSO model in the future in whatever future version of DirectX 12 it is. Mm. And um, I, I'm almost, I was pretty excited about, about the Apple GPU they just showed off in the M3 because it offers a way to do, um, to kind of cut out this problem already in hardware or at least reduce its the, the complexity of it in hardware. Uh, it's just a matter of getting that over into the PC space over mm-hmm. amount of time. And I don't think this is a problem that's going to be solved anytime soon. It's going to take like probably three years or more. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of a reframe of the DLSS 4.01 from uh, front of the show, Boria Zero. What are, uh, obviously, both DLSS and FSR have improved significantly over time. What are DLSS shortcomings at the moment that you'd like to see improved in future iterations? Mm-hmm. Oh, of, that's great. Kind of a different way to... Uh, um, I, I did think about it a little bit and <clears throat> um, like when things are disoccluded in a game, so like when you have like a ball right in front of the screen and it moves rapidly and it reveals pixels behind it, usually at a further depth, <clears throat> there, I mean, DLSS handles it more elegantly um, than FSR 2 does, but there is still a disconnect there in quality of what you're seeing on the screen. And I would like to see that improved. And I don't know how they would do it. And one thing I would also like to see improved, and this applies a little bit to ray reconstruction, DLSS ray reconstruction, is that you guys have seen AI models generate stuff before. (laughs) Um, Like there can be a slight stylization to pixels that occur sometimes with DLSS and DLSS ray reconstruction. It happens when things are disoccluded usually, but with ray reconstruction, it can even happen when things are like in full light, nothing's going on. Hmm. I really want to see AI models get away from that, whatever it is. Like there's like a slight stylization that occurs and I want it to go away. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. I like it. Uh, <clears throat> let me go over back over here. Uh, this is an interesting one from a friend of the show, Star Screamus. Uh, what do you think about dance downsampling 8K on a 4K monitor <clears throat> using AMD's uh, VSR or NVIDIA's DSR? Um, mm-hmm. Essentially, saying uh, w- would would running 8K on a 4K monitor uh, be better than using regular anti-aliasing? 
Um, wow. Uh, if, I if, think if you just if you so happen to have it, the performance, uh, yeah, like this is you he, I, he's got a problem, you know, this is a real <laughs> tough problem. We got to solve this. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, don't, yeah, I would definitely just like, unless it's like you're playing a really old game, sure, go ahead and do it. Um, but I think you're better off doing a trick that I mentioned in the I made a video about DLDS. I always forget these dang acronyms. DLDSR? DLDSR? right. Where you can, if the game supports it, what you could do is run the game at, let's just say, 8K performance mode DLSS, which is internally 4K. But then you get the added benefit of DLSS doing some things at the post-resolution of 8K. So maybe it does post-processing at 8K. And also, um, like it's accumulating to a much higher spatial resolution. So maybe you'll get like better at crisper edges, crisper detail, et cetera. I think that's much better usage of the power because AK is so expensive. My goodness. I, Nvidia said it's here. Did, did you not see that? With I think it was a 3090 AK's here. It was 3090. I made yeah. a video about AK and I said it's BS. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously it's not, yeah. uh, you know, maybe. people are ready to play AK. Every every cheap HDMI cable you buy on Amazon these days says 8K on it. <laughs> doesn't the Yo, doesn't the PS5 say 8K on the box too? It's, probably it says yeah. 8K on the box. Yeah. It still doesn't support it's, 8K, like even as an output resolution. It's so nice. The PS3, the PS3 said 1080p from day one. Also, <laughs> and then they actually. Brad, I don't know. Have you ever seen uh, Brad? Did you ever watch John, my colleague John Linneman's video? It's like it's like the 1080p dream. It's like all the all all the PS. It's very long video, and some of the titles are absurd. But like, yeah, like it's something like one or two percent of the entire PS3 output is actually 1080p. Not only can you can you not deliver the resolution you're promising, you also didn't put a scaler in to even fake that resolution. (laughs) (laughs) PS3, man, (laughs) hard for. All right, a couple more questions here, uh, and then we'll get out. Ivan Remanazov uh, asks a good uh, hardware-related question. What should Intel do to earn consumers' love uh, for the next GPU? Uh, is it a, f- a 50, 70 killer for half the price, or do they need wow. a Halo product like a, a 5090? I think they should go for the mid... Well, what is now mid... I don't know. What is the 4070 to you? What, what is the 3070 to you anymore? I don't even know if I consider these things mid-range anymore. The uh, upper, GPU market upper, is so messed up. Well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's starting it's to, to push upper mid range. Yeah, you're talking yeah, about like eight hundred, like, seven hundred dollar. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I think it would be awesome if they uh, had a GPU that was like that forty seventy, fifty seventy, or maybe even like the ten sixty equivalent card, where it's so good for the price, and it's right in that middle spec gamer territory, and that is how you break into a market really, really well. This time around with Arc, they had like, I think Arc's really cool in a lot of ways. It's just the drivers were letting it down, but there's also some hardware issues there, most likely. And I think like they tried to push down the price so heavily on Arc to make a splash in the market. And I don't actually know any of the statistics here, so I can't quote anything. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if they push even higher in that direction for the next gen, they could really win because NVIDIA and AMD. I don't know. I think they're equivalent to like the 4060 now and the 7600 on 
uh, AMD are not such great GPUs. I think they could be better for the price. Brad, what, what do you think? Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, the bang for the buck play is always how you win the hearts and minds, especially when you're coming from behind. Like, you know, saying, hey, we have the fastest GPU is fine for the 0.5% of people who would mm-hmm. be able to afford it. But yeah, like absolutely hitting like good mid-range NVIDIA level performance, but undercutting them on price dramatically. And yes, like you got to shore up the drivers. Like the experience out of the box needs to be very good on, on mm-hmm. every level. But like they absolutely could carve out a, re- a reputation as being like the thing to get on a budget and still do really well with. Well, uh, funny enough, you should both answer that way because I, I, Ivan follows up and says uh, AMD for the longest time has been the performance for price king, yet they have still, uh, <laughs> you know, not not gained a ton of share uh, against NVIDIA. Why do you think Intel doing it would, would be better? Wow. Mm, that's um, actually, that's a good question. Well, so mind share is part of it, but I want to say like there's been a split in the in the market like a little bit ever since ray tracing came out. I would say uh, the GPU market was much more dynamic and volatile pre RTX cards coming out mm. because they kind of did this thing where like that we hadn't seen before where the they didn't focus on price performance so much so. In fact, they were like dead even almost a little bit at the time of the release but they said here's this thing that's going to enable future games to look different work differently etc and they sold it on that and that they changed the market completely totally messed everything up uh for better or for worse for a lot of people but um i think if intel since they already did that with their first release of gpus they they went in all in on machine learning they went in on rt harder than amd did i i think they have like the basis there like in terms of hardware where they could actually make a dent in Nvidia's package because like they actually have they have stuff like XESS which looks great. It looks super great. I've tested it. It's awesome. And they have great RT performance. So like I think they almost right now are better set up to do it than AMD just because they have the hardware stuff already kind of figured out in a way. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I, I would even add QuickSync to that. Um, like, you know, thank like, you. QuickSync's like, cool. It, yeah. Granted, granted, like fairly limited use case. Like, if you stream, it matters a lot. You know, like NV Inc is kind of the best thing out there, but QuickSync is also quite good. Um, mm-hmm. And like the Nvidia, the Nvidia feature list is huge. Like you said, you know, it's like they have the best ray tracing, the best upscaling. They have like broadcast and NV Inc. All these other like side features. Cuda, Cuda. Like, yeah, there's like so much yeah. you can do on Nvidia cards that is not just play games these days. And you're 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 probably totally right that. Intel is the best position to try to match that that offering. It's like it's like a value add, right? That's, Definitely, you know, very much. But I, I mean, yeah. uh, AMD would probably like to point out that they have they have a lot of these same uh, value adds as well. Uh, True. So True. yeah, True. Um, yeah. Especially now, it's gotten better over time. Yeah. Like I said, like when RTX came out, it, it was like a real weird golf. Um, and then like over time, now with FSR, they brought out their new encoders that do AV one. Yeah, All I think things, those have gotten you know. better too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and then the 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 third follow up on that is: uh, is there even a space for a third player? I hope oh, so. Gosh, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, always. I, I I personally, I always feel like it's better to have more options and more competition than less. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm 100 same as you there, Brad. Um, though I'm looking at. The console space and there's this weird thing going on where i don't know what do you feel like is there a third player in the console space like because mm. <laughs> like you've got like sony and nintendo 
two different markets, but they're like absolutely dominating them respectively. Yeah. yeah. So it's like there is a third player there with Microsoft, but it's like it's almost a little bit AMD's position where it's like always behind now for like a decade. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. Um, yeah. I, I got nothing there. Well, we asked yeah. the good questions here. We stumped the guests. There we go. Yeah, us, yes. I, I like it. <laughs> um, uh, let me grab one more question uh, before we get to a couple fun ones. Uh, oh, good. Crap, where did I put it? Oh, no, I lost it. Okay, never mind. Uh, I guess I'm never not gonna. Mind. Yeah, uh, there we go. Trying to trying to keep notes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, okay. We got this is uh, an American holiday coming up. We have Thanksgiving uh, coming up in a couple mm-hmm. days. Ready to eat? Nom 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 nom. <laughs> uh, Alex, you're not celebrating. I get it. Uh, but you know, you still like food. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I love food. Yeah, okay. We, mm-hmm. we had a couple food related questions here uh, because of the holiday. A friend of the show, Starscreamus, asks uh, For Thanksgiving, do you prefer one jellied cranberry sauce? Well, we got, oh. you summoned Elena. Oh, oh Elena's coming. Oh, wow. She she really wants to talk food. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, oh, no. Who, who's coming in this uh, in this chat? Elena. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> uh, Elena's going to connect for a second. Oh, there she is. Hi, Elena. Welcome. You summoned Elena for a food chat. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. Yeah. Hi, nice to meet you, Elena, by the way. <laughs> nice to meet you, Alex. Um, uh, for Thanksgiving, do you prefer one, jellied cranberry sauce, two, whole berry cranberry sauce, or three, no thank you? <laughs> by, by jellied, I assume we're talking about the We're talking about the can. Like straight out. Yeah, straight yeah. Out like just, can. you know, you know. You know, mm. onto the plate. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll start with nice Elena because I guess Elena came here to uh, to talk <laughs> to talk food. <laughs> um, Are you a cranberry sauce well, person? <laughs> you made it sound so appealing with the just like. So uh, I'm going to say no to that. Um, honestly, I didn't grow. I didn't grow up with any of the cranberry stuff. Honestly, um, it's always funny to me when people ask me about traditional Thanksgiving food that you know my family likes to eat, and I always say, "Well, I guess the turkey is the closest that would count." Because I don't mm. think a lot of uh, non-Chinese American families are bringing fried rice and uh, <laughs> other traditional Cantonese dishes to their potlucks. So I guess for me, it's a no thank you, but I will put a little asterisk on that and say, um, if someone were to serve me fresh, I will try it. Okay. (laughs) Brad? Do you, do you have an answer? Not, not the biggest like fruit and meat person personally, so yeah. I, just skip, I usually skip the cranberry sauce. But you know, it has its adherence, and I wish them well. Yeah. Alex, uh, I, I mean, I think I'd go for the fresh, uh, not the tube. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say, so so for me, well, Willis, do you have a you have a preference? No, thank you. No, thank you. Okay, well, okay. Uh, yeah, so I I will say, I uh, growing up, I had a friend who was all about the cranberry sauce, but it was a it was a placeholder. He would just get a ninety nine cent can of cranberry sauce and just essentially have it there to be like, all right, well, we have the cranberry sauce. No one ate it. I did try it a couple times, and I was like, ah, but it was just like a symbolic thing. You have to have it. Uh, but uh, recently, my wife Lindsay made uh, homemade cranberry sauce, and I was like, oh, oh, wow. Okay, that was actually really damn good. Like, it completely <laughs> changed my opinion of the whole cranberry sauce thing. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's uh, good. All right. Uh, another one uh, from Cause MC, friend of the show Cause MC, asked uh, turkeys, fried, oven roasted, or smoked? I don't think I've heard Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Elena. Fried, like deep fried? Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Deep it's like fried it's the only turkey. really However way to do you it want. if you're gonna go for fries. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have tried deep fried. It's pretty good because it does, I think, retain a lot more of the moisture, and mm. turkey can mm. get so dry. But honestly, I'm not really that picky. Um, because as long as it's not dry, I'll eat it. And really, I'm only there for the fact that when once you're done with making the turkey, you take the bones and you make a stock, mm. and then you make mm. um, what's the English word for it? A congee, like mm. a rice porridge with that apple. Nice. So, like that's a, like a, fa- a tradition in my family. I think a lot of other Chinese American families do that too. But that's to me is always what it feels like um, is the holiday tradition. Right. Sounds good, Alex. What, what would you prefer? Uh yeah. The moisture part of about cooking any sort of bird is actually like the big deal. So, yeah, I'd probably go with whatever retains the most. The most. That was a really good answer. Like, but I've never had a fried turkey. That sounds insane. Yeah, <laughs> like, like uh, how do you fry it? How do you? It's so big. Uh, um, so there are deep fryers that you can buy. I've never done it uh, personally. I've just partaken of it and not questioned right. it too much. But um, basically, I think you just have like this deep fryer. They'll do it outdoors, obviously, because mm-hmm. of all the like the splatter. Oh. And you're just like, I guess you're just like dunking the turkey. In. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a big version of going to the state fair instead of, what is it, Twinkies? It's a turkey. <laughs> I would say say YouTube it and find out. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of, yeah, like I love American state fairs where it's just like you can just bring whatever you want. And imagine somebody just bringing a whole turkey. (laughs) There you go. They're like, okay, that's what you want. Uh, Brad, Brad, your your pick. Uh, I have to go fried. I have had the fried turkey. You have? Oh man, I I haven't had it. Crap. Probably, probably the worst for you, but the best preparation mm, okay crap all right uh willis i like fried i like smoke i wouldn't cook fry i wouldn't try to prep fried myself because this is really dangerous <laughs> I, I, I mean if you prep it you know like good enough uh you know like keep it keep the turkey dry and then you throw it in the, in the fryer then you're fine but i'm usually skeptical about it i'm you know like just play it safe <laughs> mm. all right um <clears throat> So another one from Cause MC: Sweet potato versus pumpkin. In any form, I guess. I don't mm. know. Maybe. Any any, mm. any thoughts on either? I love pumpkin. Yeah, I'll never say no pumpkin pie. I, yeah, I uh, I bought the Costco one, and about halfway through, I was like, "This is both a terrible and wonderful mistake." <laughs> like, it's freaking <laughs> huge. Um, but I mean, sweet potato pie is pretty good too. So again, I'm not. I'm not gonna be too picky about it. My uh, my Midwestern family uh, almost gave my ex wife a heart attack. Uh, she was she was vegan, and uh, we went over to to celebrate one time, and uh, they had uh, they were making sweet potatoes. Like, oh, hey, can you help us make sweet potatoes? You know, uh, baked sweet potatoes, or whatever. She, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you know, you, you get the sweet potatoes, but they used canned sweet potatoes. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. No. <laughs> okay, whatever. Uh, you not start out great, but yeah, it's fine. Uh, and then uh, one of my family members uh, gave her like two sticks of full things of butter and was like uh, thrown, mm-hmm. flopped in there and then just like a huge cup of sugar and then oh. the marshmallows on top and it was just like she was just like oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> that's a lot wait yeah. wait was she upset because of the sugar content 
or because she's vegan and there's butter or just all of the above all the above <laughs> i mean you know yeah like it was, it was mostly just like whoa how the how the hell do you eat that what the hell uh, yeah. this is this is this is how i grew up so yeah uh, that's cool i enjoyed it but uh, i i have a, sw- a soft spot for sweet potatoes uh, I, I like i think they can be used in in plenty of ways sweet and savory uh, to a certain degree so yeah but pumpkin pie mm-hmm. i mean uh, pumpkin destroy a pumpkin pie <laughs> um oh, well speaking of pie star screamers asks um favorite pie elena what's your favorite pie go no i can't answer this one right away because there's like no? a full running thread in oh. discord on this <laughs> oh yeah so. there's 144 <laughs> messages I my thoughts already. We've, got, we've gone into some strange territory i would just say there's wow, a okay. picture of a piece of cheesecake with baked beans dumped on top right now in that thread oh, don't goodness. ask me why we just somehow ended up there but i, I think I did not read that thread okay oh crap uh okay alex your favorite pie uh pumpkin pie is really good actually um but i kind of want to say peach pie uh, peach oh, pie interesting. very it's not often seen but peaches yeah. are it's not like a cobbler that's different than a peach cobbler yeah, yeah. Too, right yeah 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 so but just uh cooked peaches in general uh, when they like, can s- stir in their own sugars for a long time huh. very good all right brad favorite all pie what all of them? All of them. Almond. Yeah, all, all of them. All of them. <laughs> yeah, I thought you said almonds, and I was like, almond I was like, pie. almond pie. <laughs> okay, all, all of them. them are so good. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of a pie I would not eat. Honestly, I mean, really. What, what about what about that thing Elena just said? Well, like, it's probably the probably brown sugar in the baked beans. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that I, is I'm, the right answer. Next time Brad but, comes yeah. in, we'll 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 do that. We'll bring a pie, baked we'll, beans, yeah. and just just. Okay. <laughs> Can we just do a, like a pie smorgasbord? We should. We should. There you go. Yeah, I'm I'm from the south where pies are taken very seriously. So I've eaten a lot mm. of pies in my life. Um, <laughs> if you ever heard of a chocolate chess pie, that's probably my actual answer. Chocolate chess. I don't I don't even know how to describe it. It's so decadent that it all just kind of like oh. blends together in the mind. Oh, <laughs> oh it, it's chocolate based. You might fudge you might filling. Yeah. Wow, it's probably the least healthy pie on the planet. But. <laughs> Dang. Okay, magical chocolate chess pie. Uh, I like it. I'll have to try okay. that. Right, I have a question for you then. If it's all pie, does that include pizza? Pizza pie. This was actually sure. part of the thread. Sure. So if you sure. want to see the shenanigans well, that were happening, that's sure. the... sure. Wow. How about have, have you ever had pizza the? Pie. Uh, I mean, you guys, you guys work on Second Street. Did you ever have the meat pie at Henry's Hunan? No, no. no. I, I just went there for the, the first time yeah. uh, oh, no. recently. I did hey, not next, have next, the the meat pie. Next time you go to Henry's, get the get the okay. Get the, thank you. The meat pie. Okay. Right, there's lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to do. It's also a good pie. Yeah, like savory pies are also yeah. delicious. Oh yeah. Um, you can also make a pump, a savory pumpkin pie as well yeah. too. Huh. Like there's because well because like pumpkins can be used for almost anything. Like sweet potatoes, like you were yeah. saying earlier, yeah. Adam. Oh, okay, I like that. Uh, what about you, Adam? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm with Brad. All the above. There's only one oh. pie that if you put that in front of me, I will shove it back at your face because I do not like it, and that's key lime pie. I oh, no. do, oh. cannot do key lime pie. Oh, no. 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 Shove. <laughs> not even like Yeah, no, I, yeah, no. I, I will not even that the, politely disagree. Is that the one with the meringue on top? It can. Not yes, always. not always, but yeah, I yeah. just I don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't like meringue. Yeah. So, okay. well, Adam just shattered my heart because that was my that's my favorite pie. That's right your there. pie. That's my pie. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. I, I like. You know what? You like can sour. have mine. You <laughs> yes. can have mine. It works out. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 More for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll, well, Adam and I can just switch. Yeah, I like I like 
acidity. I like sourness. So yeah, that that's my that's my go to pie. Key lime, remember? <laughs> yeah, sour. There's nothing sour for me. <laughs> uh, well, especially even cherry. If the cherries have sour, yeah, like a cherry pie, mm. like a you know, it can't be. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Wait, is this because of the allergy, or is because you don't like it? Both, I guess. Oh, yeah, fair. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't mm. think I've ever gotten allergic to a, a key lime pie. I don't think there's enough in there, uh, but I also just don't like the taste. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, was there any other food questions? Nope. It doesn't look like it. So let's get out of here because we are we are running on uh, some good time. Uh, let me bring up my notes uh, to get us, us out of here. Uh, actually, Elena, uh, did you? Oh, real quick, Elena, any uh, PC deals on Black Friday that, that you want to come and inform oh, us man. about? Uh, she's she's our our deals I, uh our deals uh, master mm. deals ninja. I haven't honestly had a chance to really wrap my brain around everything right now, mm-hmm. but I think now is a really good time, um, for upgrading a CPU in particular or upgrading like CPU motherboard combo. There's Intel is doing a lot of disc like I have never really seen this before, but Intel's doing a lot of discounts on 12th gen right now. I've seen a couple of deals already on 13th gen. Um, AMD has been responding a little bit, but not as much. I'm wondering if they're kind of holding their fire. We'll see. They have but had good bundles are, through the whole year, though, at least at Micro Center. Yeah, they have. <laughs> and honestly, if you, honestly, as usual, if you live near a Micro Center, you're going to get all the best bundle deals through there anyway. So that's where my eye is right now. I think I'll still be able to maybe cobble something together for the annual, like what's like the cheapest, decent gaming PC you can build during Black Friday with deals. But we'll see. I might end up eating more turkey this year. <laughs> there you go. Uh, any other deals anybody seen floating around for Black Friday? Uh, no. All I need to say is that about upgrading, I always feel like if you're stuck on AM4, that you should just look to getting a 5800X3D if you could find one. If you're stuck on AM4 and you just want to be there forever, get that 5800 real. That, that thing yeah. is like a legendary, that's like an all-time yeah. CPU at this point. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And RAM got super cheap for DDR4 right now. Like, I oh, yeah. like 32 gigs for like 50 bucks. And I'm like, what? Oh, I can have, yeah. I'm like, I can have all the tabs open now. <laughs> I'd browsers, you want? why not? <laughs> nice. All right. All right. Has anyone ever camped out at a, uh, uh, was it Fry's Electronics or uh, Micro Center uh, for Black Friday deals? Back in the days, <laughs> I don't think I've camped out for camp. a fr- like a Black Friday, like a doorbuster kind of deal. Yeah, actually, no, I probably did once, uh, but I wasn't like going for like I wasn't elbowing people. Uh. <laughs> uh, I've never camped. I'm not that hardcore, but I I have stood in line outside Circuit City when that was still a thing. Ah, uh, Circuit City. <laughs> uh, the commercialization comes down and plug. Uh, anyway, uh, all right. Uh, check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. To listen to us on the go, subscribe to us on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube Music, Pocket Casts, or anywhere you can point your RSS feed to. If you are on one of those services, please leave us a review. Every time you do, Willis gets a uh, key lime pie. I get a pumpkin pie. Elena, what was your pie again? Also pumpkin you have to share with me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brad, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the uh, chess... Something chocolate or chess or, chocolate or meat chess pie or, or both pie, <laughs> or any pie. Yeah, and Alex pie. and Alex will get a, a peach pie. A give pie. A, yeah, yeah. <laughs> give us the pies by leaving us reviews, please. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, I, I want to thank uh, Elaine E for popping in for for a hot second. Thank you, Elena. Hello. That was nice. 
uh, <laughs> I, Surprise, I, I, food. I, I want to thank Brad Shoemaker for being a, uh, a frequent guest, uh, on the full nerd every once in a while. I'm like, Hey, do you want to come be on the show? And you're like, yeah. So always, always. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks as always for having me and go over to nextlander.com to go watch and listen to nextlander stuff and give them money. Why not? <laughs> you said it. Why not? It's, it's one of the <laughs> best, one of the best Black Friday deals is giving That's Nextlander right. Right. It's a, Patreon your money. It's it's a gift you give yourself. Yeah, exactly. What a, <laughs> what a deal. Uh, speaking of deals, uh, the uh, Digital Foundry folks uh, that that Alex uh, works for also is a great deal if you want to contribute uh, to the Patreon. Uh, you have a Patreon, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah we do. Uh, yeah. And also we do do we deal we do deals as well too, but mainly UK. Uh, less and EU, so a little bit less wow. US, but we we're trying to get wow. into US. Okay. All right, all right. Uh, and yes, anyway, thank you, Alex, uh, for 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 being on the show. Uh, Digital Foundry YouTube channel is like the the main place, but there there is written articles on uh, on your gamer, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So any anywhere else you want to point people to? I want to make sure that ah, uh, f- follow follow me on Twitter. Follow. Yeah digital foundry on twitter i'm i'm highly interactive on twitter to my own mental health detriment <laughs> nice nice uh <laughs> as, and uh thank you everybody for watching uh, and thank you wills for controlling the verticals and horizontals uh yeah take us out here all right uh, thank you everyone for tuning in i am very thankful for everybody here everybody in the chat everybody on the show today mm-hmm. uh you know, there's no, you know, for those who celebrate Thanksgiving, yeah, uh, you know, uh, or those who don't, there's no wrong time to feel thankful, um, you know, uh, and there's also no wrong time to eat a turkey or a pie. So, yeah, <laughs> grab a turkey, grab a pie this week, and we will catch you on the next show. Bye.